Fantastic. Thank you, Pete. That's um, going to be embarrassing when I rib you in a minute, but that's okay. Um, yes, my name's Adam. If we haven't had the privilege of meeting, that, that's intentional. I've got enough friends. Thank you very much. I'm good with that. Uh, <laughs> no, I'd, I'd love to meet new people. Uh, it's fantastic if you're in church this morning, and it's my real privilege to serve the church uh, for the next 20 minutes in this, in this capacity. We've been talking about the good news and about how it's all good news, how it is good news, and how it is for everybody. It belongs to everybody. God came in the form of good news so that we would all have access to it. But I want to talk this morning about why is there just a little bit of resistance in the community for this good news? If it is good and it's for everybody, then what's going on? And it's in all love and compassion that I want to share this morning that perhaps sometimes the good news that is good and is for everybody has some faults with the people that deliver it. And I say that in all love and passion because I want people to encounter this good news. You just saw before that Pete and I grew up and um, sometimes I would go to his house and one particular weekend I went to his house next to the creek in Molong. It wasn't flooding that weekend so I was able to go and visit him. And he brought out his Nintendo 64. Whoa! I had a Super Nintendo, not as cool as Pete. Pete had a Nintendo 64. He's like, do you want to play? And I was like, yeah, I want to play. Spoiler alert, I was a nerd as a kid. (laughs) Not now. (laughs) Anyway, he said, well, play Madden. And I was like, Madden? I've I've never heard of Madden. He said, oh, it's, it's football. I was like, football? I had an idea of football. I thought, you know, NRL. He's like, no, it's American football. It's like American football. Now, this is before the internet. I wasn't able to research what American football was. I knew of American football. I'd s- I knew that there was something to do with the Super Bowl and I'd seen a couple of movies. You know those movies where right at the end the guys are down on a couple of points and they've got one more play, the clock's ticking down and they give it to the quarterback and he throws it to the loser of the team and they catch it and then they all cheer. Yeah! That was my understanding of what American football was. However, when we plugged in that game and, started, and I started my first experience with American football, Peter, over the next 40 minutes, continued <laughs> to destroy my, any, any positive feelings that I had <laughs> regarding that sport. I didn't know what the buttons were. I didn't know what the rules were. Was Pete helpful? No. <laughs> he showed me how to score a lot of touchdowns, that's for sure. When it was my turn, I I had all these ideas of what would happen. They did not. So for the next 27 years, yes, I counted 27 years, I wanted nothing to do with that sport. American football is okay, apparently, but I just eradicated it from my life. It hasn't been until recently that someone in my world has got me back onto this concept of American football, and I spend some time with them, and they're gentle, and they're caring, and they're loving, (laughs) and... And they explain it to me. There's no silly question that I can ask. They only give me the little highlights on on KO and different things like that. Now, I now understand that American football is pretty good news. But I thought it was bad news. What was the difference? (laughs) 
So my point this morning is that we can have something that's good, but if we encounter it in a bad way, then it can affect us for a long time. I want the church to be good news and to share the good news that we have. Are we getting in the way of the good news or are we being bad news? Obviously, you can see the correlation. I wonder if this analogy that I've presented can show how some people may interact with the good news that we have. Maybe they've had a bad experience with church or a church member. And if that's you this morning and you're coming back and you're trying out church, please be patient with us. Please be forgiving because we're all just people trying to figure this out. We all love God. We all want this good news to get us. nothing intentional that we do, but we're fallen, broken people. And when we're used as this vessel, sometimes we get it wrong, but we strive to get it right. Everyone in here wants to learn how to do it better because they're passionate about this good news that we want to present. No one likes delivering bad news. I remember a time I had to deliver bad news. I was running a children's uh, ministry up in Brisbane and we were doing an international um, gathering. We had all these kids from all over Australia. It was fantastic. On the last night, that's usually when the Holy Spirit's really pumping and we do prayer time. And I had all these kids lined up on stage. And I was going one-to-one and we were doing prayer requests. And, you know, kids have the most amazing prayers. And I'm always a big believer in there is no junior Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just as big for them as it is for us. So these kids are praying for things that are really important to them. I've got a stuffy nose. Listen, if you've never prayed for a kid and then had to catch the snot as it comes out of their nose, you, do you even love Jesus, right? Anyway, <laughs> and there's like a little girl and she's like, oh, I feel like someone here has a sore leg. And then this kid from South Australia is like, oh, that's me. And I'm like, well, you pray for them. That's fantastic. And like the Holy Spirit's moving. It's great. And I get to this boy at the end. He, he was a nerd. Believe it or not, he had a bow tie and suspenders. Woo! He's the kind of guy that Pete would have taken lunch money from. But anyway, <laughs> I get to him, and now I need you to re- remember that this is Queensland, right? Queensland, who are a little bit crazy. And he says, I just want, I just want Alfie to come back. I'm like, Alfie? Alfie? Oh, No. This kid wants Alfie Langer to come back, who used to play cricket, uh, used to play football for Queensland. Queenslanders are crazy about their Maroons. So he's praying for Alfie to come back. And I'm like, oh no. Listen, this now, if you know your football history, Alfie did make a comeback. This was on the other side of that, all right? Alfie's not making a comeback. He's not Johnny Farnham, all right? This is this is not how this works. And I'm praying, I'm like, oh mate. And I'm thinking, how am I gonna break this to this kid that Alfie is not coming back to football at 50. He's, this, is, this is not going to happen. And he goes, yeah, I just want Alfie to come back. And I'm like, oh, what do you mean, mate? He's like, I just want to go home and he'll be there waiting with his paws wide open. <laughs> I'm like, right, we're praying for a lost dog. I said, mate, what's happened to Alfie? He died two weeks ago. Are you sure you don't want Alfie Langer to come back, mate? We could probably, we could probably, no, listen. I said, mate, listen, look, I want you to go home. There's a, there's a movie called Resident Evil. It's about zombies. I want you to go home, pop it in, go to chapter six, the zombie dogs, right? If that's, this is what Alfie, we can pray for Alfie, but this is what it's going to be like. I had to deliver some bad news. I didn't like being bad news. There was a man in India 
back at the turn of the century who was really upset at the caste system that they had there. The caste system is where there's lots of different levels of um, society and they don't speak to each other. It's, un, it's very divided at that time in India. And he had heard about Jesus and wanted to go and see whether he, he heard that Jesus' teaching were all about unity. And this young Indian man thought that the teachings of Jesus would help him to fix this problem. He was so passionate about it. This young man walked up to the church and the usher turned him away. This usher turned this young Indian man away and sent him back on the streets. And that young man looked at the church, knocked the dust from his shoes and said, I don't want anything to do with that place. And that young man was Gandhi. And Gandhi had this quote, if it weren't for Christians, I'd be a Christian. Now, that's a little bit prickly, isn't it? This young man has come looking for answers and he was turned away not by the good news, not by any teachings, but by a person at the door. And the Bible has some very specific things to say about this. In Matthew 18 verse 6 it says, If anyone causes one of these little ones, now at this point in time Jesus is talking about children, but we're referring to young Christians as well, those who believe in me, little ones who believe in me, to stumble. It would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. That's like Godfather stuff, isn't it? (laughs) I haven't watched any Sopranos, but I imagine it's like an episode in there as well. We have a responsibility to represent Christ in the right way. Now, Christ is bigger than us and we understand that and people have their own journeys. But how different, perhaps, would the world have been if that usher had welcomed Gandhi into the church service? And if you're here today and you're visiting or new to church and Christianity in in general, I'm only going to ask you to think about one thing today. And that's, as I have said, please forgive us Christians who have represented the good news in a bad way. Please be patient with us. We're only human. C.S. Lewis was an amazing Christian who had an on-again, off-again, and then very on-again relationship with God. And he has this amazing quote in Mere Christianity. And this is for you guys who are visiting church today or are checking it out or are coming back. C.S. Lewis said, if I had never joined a church till I had found that one, one that was perfect, I should never have joined one at all. The moment I did join it, if I had found one, I would have spoiled it, for it would not have been a perfect church after I had become a member of it. And what this, what this man is saying is that church is not perfect, so find one that you like and persist. And remember that the people in there are broken, we're sinners, we're forgiven by the grace of God and we're just trying to figure it out. And in our way of trying to figure it out, sometimes we represent um, the good news in a bad way, but sometimes we get in the way of the good news. Max Licato has an amazing thought around the concept of the Mona Lisa. And if I was to show you a picture of the Mona Lisa... That's fantastic. But if I was your tour guide and you'd paid all the money to get into the Louvre or however you pronounce it, and you're having that magical moment, I'm saying, listen, guys, the Mona Lisa is amazing. Did you know that uh, Da Vinci probably didn't even finish it? And um, the, the lady's name's not even probably the Mona Lisa. Did you know that it's been tried to be defaced several times? If I was just giving you information and getting in front of the picture itself, as sometimes we do with the good news, we interrupt... 
That's not what it's about. If I'm your tour guide, I stand to the side and I let that love happen. I let that love grow. If you've got questions, of course, I'm here to answer. I'm here to, be, I'm here to help you on your journey. But our spot is to not overload people with, imagine, with information. It's to bring them to church, to create an environment where they spend time with the good news and fall in love however long that takes them. We're here to help them on that journey as a tour guide should, but not get in the way of good news. We do it out of love sometimes. We don't even mean it. I always find it interesting, even though sometimes we stand to the side, but once people know that you represent Christ, you're held to a different standard. Have you encountered this? Have you ever heard, oh, I thought you were a Christian? I didn't think you would do that. Don't you go to church? What kind of magical standard of, of these people that don't even come to church that they're holding us to? What, what happens with that? It happens all the time. It happened in a, a, a game against, a cricket game against South Africa and New Zealand a few years ago. Sean Pollock, who was an amazing South African cricketer, he was a Christian and he nicked the ball through to the keeper. And the keeper took the catch and the whole team went up and the umpire didn't give it out. And Sean Pollock stayed his ground, as he should, the umpire, it's the umpire's decision. But he knew he hit it and the wicketkeeper knew he hit it. So at the end of the over, as the wicketkeeper went past Sean Pollock, he said, I thought you were a Christian. <laughs> Sean Pollock replied, yes, but we're all sinners. <laughs> now, here's this, here's this Christianity thing, this, this standard that we're held to, even in a game of silly cricket. How does this work? Why does the world hold us to this higher level even though they might not agree with us at the time why are we judged tom moody said for every person that reads the bible there are 100 that read you and i meaning that they are looking to us to represent the bible in an amazing way and i w we've got some pictures here of um, people that represent different things when you look at these guys you know who they represent now depending on your behavior you might have some different thoughts about them or maybe you've met a particular individual who didn't represent or did represent it. Your, your idea of this, uh, of the police force is um, signified by the representation of the people that do it. But we look at those people and we know what they represent. We look at this next young gentleman and we know how he feels about life, right? <laughs> he is a gay man sitting in a New South Wales chair. <laughs> Woo. I have been to one State of Origin game in Queensland. I wore green. <laughs> oh. But do you know who, when we think about Christianity, still to this day, the person that represents Christianity in most people's minds in the whole entire world, you have to think about who that person might be. There is a famous Christian that stands above all others who when people think of Christianity, they think of this man. Who do you think it is? Ned Flanders. <laughs> it's true. He's the most widely known Christian. Now, Ned Flanders does make some good decisions in life and he makes some bad ones, but I'm not very happy with this representation. I'm not sure about you. That's two Simpsons references in the last three months. That's fantastic. But why do the world look to us 
to uphold this representation, to uphold, we're held to a higher standard. I care deeply about Star Wars. If I was brave enough, I would have a Star Wars tattoo maybe, I don't know. I thought about wearing a Star Wars shirt, but certain people in my world said, no. I cared that those last three movies were awful. I was physically upset that these three movies had ruined the rest of Star Wars for me. Seven, eight, nine, trash. They're awful movies. If you, did, if you disagreed, you know what, maybe you should try a different. But, but they were so bad. But why should I care? Why do I care what three movies do? Because I hold Star Wars to a high standard. I don't care what they do with the Fast and Furious series. Right, flying cars, magnets, all that, whatever. You guys do you. Guys do you. I don't care about the standard of your movies. I assume that they're pretty trash. I go, I know what I'm expecting, okay? Wow. This is the most passionate thing you've been about all morning. That's <laughs> disturbing. But I care about Star Wars. And I believe that in the community, whether they know it or not, there's something deep down, deep down in the community that wants Christianity to stand above everything else. They hold us to a higher standard because they want us to be right. They want something to believe in. They want to believe in us, guys. They want us to be better. It seems unfair, but I see that as a direct message of hope and opportunity. If they're holding us up here, they want us to be something bigger and better than they've experienced. Their souls cry out for it. Matthew 5, 14, 16 says, You are the light of the world. You cannot hide a city that is on a mountain. Let your light shine in front of men. Then they will see the good things you do and will honour your Father who is in heaven. And will honour your Father who is in heaven. If we're a light to the world, we will, they will turn and honour God. How do we do that? How do we represent him better? Surely God, the being who spoke the universe into existence. Surely he has so many things to say on this topic. He invested his son in this. His son died for this good news. Surely he has reams and reams and pages and pages and books about he, how he wants us to represent him. Surely it's one of the most complex and deep lists of any rules devised. John 13, 34, 35. I give you a new command. Love each other. You must love each other as I have loved you. All people will know that you are my followers if you love each other. That's it. That's the plan. That was so simple. That was taken from the children's Bible. This big complex rule. Now, there's a lot of reading between the lines on what that is, but we will be represented. We're representing him when we love each other in the right way. How do we present the good news if we don't want to over-explain it, but we want to show it in the best light? We don't want to do the enemy's job for him. We don't want to keep going with this PR that sometimes we have on the news. We just need to love each other. So what does that mean for you? What's some things that you can take and go, I, I want to represent God in the right way. I've just got two really quick boys that I'm going to race over. 
First one is during this time of giving, how about you give? We can give. The Bible says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Give. Time is such an amazing thing to give because it's such a finite resource. It's amazing if you give money. It's amazing if you give different things. But your time, you only get so much of that. Has God been talking to you about maybe doing some time in the church, helping out with children's ministry, doing a mission trip, or giving your time to people outside of church? Have a pray about that. Also, and we could have a whole message on this, but we, but we won't. We could talk about forgiveness. And that's such a powerful way that we learn to love each other. And forgiveness is, at times, such a complex topic. But I know that it begins with one step. Forgiveness is a journey that begins with one step. And forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. And there'd be lots of different, you know, levels of complexity and who we have to forgive and what for. But let me say this, that it begins with one step, it begins with a decision, and it begins with you speaking forgiveness into existence. Imagine a church that's known for what we're known for. Imagine a church that does its best to live up to those expectations that we're held to, and sometimes they're unfair. We're going to fail, but people need to see us fail to realise that we're just as broken as they are. Imagine if this church was known for acting too much like Christians. We're that church that loves people too much. We're that church that cares too much. We're too understanding. We're too patient. We're too giving. We're too forgiving. I had a C.S. Lewis quote for visitors to church this morning saying how broken we are and how we're full of people who are trying to figure this whole thing out. But here's a a C.S. Lewis quote for us, church. It says, In the same way the church exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ, to make them little Christs. If they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. We want people to fall in love with this good news. We want to be good news. We want to bridge that gap that society wants to cross into this good news. Have a think, have a pray. How can you be good news to those around you? Let's do this message well. Let's represent Christ well. Let's love each other well.